When you need to refuel between meetings or running errands, or you just want a healthy snack that squashes your hunger, wonderful pistachios, which come in a variety of flavors and sizes, by the way, are the perfect choice to fill you up and keep you going throughout the day. Wonderful Pistachios is also a good source of protein and a zero-guilt snack. Each one-ounce serving has six grams of protein, guys, which gives you over 10% of your daily value. And with flavors like salt and pepper, sweet chili, and seasoned salt in the shelled variety, options like chili roasted, sea salt, and vinegar or jalapeno lime in the no-shell variety, you're sure to please your taste buds while snacking healthy. So check out wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more about how these little green wonders can power up your day. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. All right, who has not taken advantage of the week-free trial of the fitness app yet? Check it out. It is a one-stop shop for all your fitness, nutrition, and wellness needs. Custom meal plans, personalized workout programs, meditations, sleep programs, community, support, and so much more. You can use it on any device, anywhere, any place, anytime. No equipment needed or all the equipment in the world is in there. There's yoga, there's kickboxing, there's audio-only workouts, there's HIIT training, weight loss programs, prenatal programs, anything and everything you can think of is in the fitness app. And if you go to thefitnessapp.com slash podcast deal, you can get 25% off an annual subscription for $89.99 a year. So check it out and start your free trial today. Welcome to Keeping It Real Conversations with Jillian Michaels. I feel like doing this right now. I'm so sorry. I hope it's not a usage problem. Da, 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 da. Oh my God. Da, da, da. <laughs> yeah. Da, da, da. What's that from? Is it The Tonight Show? Um, if, yes, but those aren't the, yeah, but the notes you chose were definitely not the same ones as my show. So I think the usage is, yeah, we're fine. We don't have to worry about it. Perfect. Perfect. Um, oh my gosh, guys. All right. Once again, we have a guest list show because we've had a few requests for me to expert my own content lately so we want to make sure to do those from time to time i'm so going to request can... that you silence oh. your phone like just i can't i can't silence it because what if the air conditioning guys call do you oh know that we're God. having a record heat wave in miami it's 85 <laughs> in the middle of winter i can't and I've do got it this huge sweatshirt in Santa no Monica. i can't although as i said we uh i believe i'm gonna say i believe because we still have a couple weeks to close but we also bought a home a little a second home in jackson hole so now i, I hear i'm gonna be really cold that brings me to the fact that i had been doing my cold plunging really consistently right and then in december we had to leave town and we were, i was gone forever i was like work in la work in las vegas 
side trip to Jackson where we bought a house and then took the kids for New Year's. Then it was like back to LA for more work, to Dubai for work, to Africa not for work, to New York for work. And I have been gone <laughs> and I felt completely, it's like impossible, right? There's no, no sun, yeah. there's no cold plunging. So when I got back and got in that pool, I thought I was going to freaking <laughs> kill myself. I was like, oh my God. I literally could not even get to my, Cindy, I got into my waist. Then I'm like, okay, get your hands in the water. Get my hands in the water. I'm like, dunk, dunk. I'm having this conversation with myself. I could not do it. I was <laughs> oh, able no. to sit down and I got to like nipple level. I'm like, mom. And I'm like, yeah, and I, I couldn't. I'm like, oh man, this is a bitch. It was so, I like, it, it was like fitness. I fell out of favor yep. with it. And I told Deshanna yeah. when I got home, I was like, you're going to feel the pain, man. I was like, babe, I mean, it, it like, it, I could not get all the way in. I'm going to have mm. to reacclimate. And I was dying in the sauna. Dying. I never die in that sauna. Wow. I was falling to pieces at 20 minutes. I was like, oh, <laughs> it, it's like, it's crazy how the body, just like fitness, like I thought I could jump right back in where I'd left off. You can't. It'll adapt nope. quick. Your, your, your body has a memory, right? And it, it's like, oh yeah, this, right? I got it. Has a blueprint for adaptation. But wow, had I uh, had I fallen a bit behind there. Anyway, I got to talk about something that's pissed Pissing pissed pissed me off. <laughs> I don't know if we have any European listeners, but God damn it, you guys are annoying. Oh, and I'm going to tell you why. Well, we don't now. <laughs> I'm so mad. I am furious with you. And I think you guys all need to listen. So as I mentioned, we were in Dubai and then we took a side trip to this remote island in Africa. And for some reason, there's we're not a ton of Americans, um, which I thought was surprising, but lots of Europeans, Germans, French, Brits, every single one of them, chain smoking. I wanted to kill myself. Every single meal, chain smoking. Every single night, sunset drinks, all of them, chain smoking. And I, they could tell I was visibly pissed. You know, and they were all actually really nice, but it was like, I would get up and leave. And I was like, God damn, like you couldn't have breakfast. You couldn't have dinner. You couldn't have lunch. It was enough literally for me to be like, I never want to see this place again. I wouldn't recommend it. I've Mm. never been on safari where in these like really, really nice lodges, everyone chain smokes. I think it's because this was like privately owned. And I was in hell, hell. Cindy, if I wasn't out on the water, or in my little private cabana, you could not have a meal, you could not have a drink, you could not go to a public area. I mean, chain smoking. So I get in a conference and they all think it's funny. I'm not kidding, they think it's funny. And the dive instructor is this Malaysian guy who also fucking smokes. And he's like, okay, you guys are gonna be out diving all day long. He's like, what do you guys want for your lunch? And I was like, oh, just like grilled chicken and no oil, no this, no that. And he's like, oh, no butter, no sugar, no blah, blah, blah. And I was like, no, no, I don't want any of that. So he's like, really? is like, I'm from Malaysia. We all have diabetes thinking it's funny. Oh my God. And I don't find, you know me, I don't find it ah, funny. No. And then there's like a British guy who's actually really nice. I'm talking about you, Tom, should you happen to find the show? Young guy, right? Six foot six, 
used to be a rugby player. Um, wife is adorable. Like kind of, a, they've been together for a long time, a kind of a newlywed couple. And he's like, oh, I want all those things. The butter, the sugar, the this, the that. And I was like, really? And, and, and I'm like, you think that's funny? And I was like, but when you're 40 years old and your dick doesn't work and you're on 10 different medications <laughs> and each one of those medications begets another medication, it's not going to be funny, bro. You're going to be like coming to me, asking me like, what do I do to boost my testosterone? Oh my God, I just found out that I have high cholesterol. Oh no, they just told me I'm pre-diabetic. Like you think it's funny mm-hmm. as he's dragging on a vape, Cindy, relentlessly. Like vape, 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 vape. And they're all just like chain smoke, all of them. God. So, and they all think it's funny. Like all the funny American. I was so mad. It really actually makes me so angry because it's not funny. It is real. And you're impacting innocent people with your shitty habit. But let's put that aside. Anybody listening, this is not a game. Okay. So your family is breathing your smoke. Your family is worried about you dying. If you want to have kids, it will impact your fertility. And I get that you don't want to hear it and you don't want to be preached to. But if any of you actually listening care and are thinking, you know what, maybe I will try to make a change, but it's just so hard. There are ways forward. Let's talk about a few of them. And again, this is not my area of expertise. I'm going to point you in the right direction to do some homework and talk to the experts. Okay. So obviously you know, we all know about the patch and the gum and the this and the that. I personally have yet to see it work on anybody I've known try to quit. And many of the foremost or preeminent experts will tell you it's because all you're doing is delaying the nicotine addiction, period, right? Um, conversely, the, the nicotine addiction is not as significant as you think. And what I mean by that is think of it like this, okay? So we all think it's about conquering the physical addiction to nicotine, but nicotine is a substance that has a really short half-life, which means that 50% of the nicotine in your body is gone two hours after you have a cigarette. The other 50% leaves your body three to five days after you stop smoking. It only takes five days to beat a physical nicotine addiction. So what's going on? I mean, there's an obvious physical addiction. We know that, but there's a psychological component to this along with every other addiction, whether it's spending money you don't have, eating food that you know you don't physically need any longer, uh, dating assholes. Like these are, these are addictions. They're crutches, okay? There are ways forward. And I want you guys to consider the following. First is what? psychological component can you employ? So there's the obvious behavioral stuff. And that means like remove the cigarettes from your environment, remove the things that make you smoke. If it's a cup of coffee in the morning that you always have your right, it becomes some part of your routine, the cigarette, right? So, all right, what part of it with the routine was the cigarette? Oh, every time I had coffee, switch to tea for now, switch to, to dark tea, like switch to something else. Oh, it was the donut shop in the morning that made me smoke. It was the after work drink. Then you're not having the after work drink. Get control the environment, just like with food, change the ritual, just as we've talked about a thousand times, new systems, remove temptation wherever possible, communicate with loved ones, recruit support, join an online community, behaviorally engage in antithetical behaviors. So when you work out, 
you're less inclined to walk out of the gym and go for a smoke, right? When you just did a cold, cold plunge or you took your vitamins or you had your collagen or you did your greens drink, it doesn't lend itself to lighting up a smoke. So engage in healthy behaviors that are antithetical, antidote behaviors to being self-destructive. So all the same stuff that we do with food applies here. Establish the why, the why I want to have a baby. I you know, don't want to die a painful death. I don't want to go bankrupt treating diseases I get from cigarettes. Whatever it might be, what's your why? Same old story. Control the environment. Remove the stuff that triggers you in the environment. Build a support system. Communicate your needs. Engage in behaviors that are antithetical to smoking. Okay. Next one that really tends to have pretty impressive results is hypnosis. And I... I know this sounds kind of crazy, and I used to think it was a bit woo-woo, but a long time ago, we actually, <clears throat> we interviewed a hypnosis specialist about obesity. And what they do, or what she did, which I thought was fascinating, and then I really began to understand it, was like, I want you to visualize chocolate cake. I'm like, oh, chocolate cake. She's like, and someone just threw up on it, right? And you're like, Ugh! and she's like, and then you leave it and then maggots start to grow. And you're like, oh my God. And it's like, they, they program your brain very much like clockwork orange style yeah. to be repulsed by it with these neuronal connections that they make and these associations to the behaviors that are gross. So hypnotherapy is a big one. And if you're like, I don't have the money, there are apps that are out there. Now, I don't know a ton about them. You'll have to do homework, but I have seen them online and it's got like the visuals and the, and the mental exercises where it's like, and then you see the, the coffee get poured, people trying to give up caffeine gets dumped in the toilet. And then it looks like diarrhea and you're like, Ugh. you know? <laughs> so it's like, Ugh. so the minute you go to have that coffee, it looks like diarrhea, you're associated with diarrhea. I know this is gross, but that's kind of the, that's the point. So can't afford the hypnotherapist, consider an app. Now, another one, and this is, I mean, obviously, look, do some homework on this. And we are looking for a, a, a great expert. We have a couple of people we're going to, but what's becoming more and more prominent is uh, psychedelic clinical treatment. For many things, addiction being one. And I watched a lecture on smoking and psychedelics, in particular psilocybin, so mushrooms. And it had a 90% success rate in help, helping people quit smoking the first time. Wow. And it also, it helps, you know, like it helps people who are kind of stuck in their life, need to get out of a bad relationship, struggling with food addiction, struggling with drug addiction, post-traumatic stress, like it's it's fascinating, fascinating stuff that I'm not going to elaborate on until we have an expert to really explain it. And it's not as simple as you just take an eighth of mushrooms. It doesn't doesn't work that way. There are places that do this specifically. There's a whole protocol to it. There's a dosage amount. They you know they put you through a very specific kind of treatment. You show up. They get to know you. You're you know you have headphones, they ask you questions. They, it's very specific. So it's not like you're, I want you to go do a drug trip on your own. Um, they have doctors there, the whole thing, but it's very supposedly, according to the data, it is extremely effective in helping people quit. 
Because remember, this is not just a nicotine addiction. It's much deeper than that. It's psychological in large part. So as with food, as with alcohol, as with other things, the physical addiction can end quick, whether it's glucose, whether it's sugar or alcohol or nicotine or cocaine or heroin, we can get that stuff out of your body in a matter of days slash a week, two weeks. It's the psychological piece, right? Physically, this is something that I strongly suggest you look into. Is it good for you? I fucking doubt it but neither is smoking forever and ever and ever. And that is a drug called, I'm not, maybe not pronouncing it right, Varenicline. Um, I believe the, like the, not the generic name is something called Chantix. I'm not quite sure what it would be called in Europe or Canada, but Varenicline is the generic name. And there's another one and the name starts with an R and you would have thought I would have looked it up before we did this segment. But of course I was impulsive and didn't, so forgive me. But this is a pretty powerful drug. I, I have seen just about everyone except one person I know quit smoking on this drug. Um, and it, they, you take it and you change, you smoke as much as you want. And then at some point it begins to like repulse you kind of like clockwork mm -hmm. orange. So I looked it up, right? So it's like how varenicline can help you quit smoking. So it shows the reward center of your brain, right? So it says nicotine attaches to the brain cell receptors and this causes dopamine to release, making you feel good. Okay, got it, right? So then the brain cell, when you're not smoking, has these open receptors, no nicotine attached. So it says, when you quit smoking, there's no nicotine attaching to the receptors. Less dopamine is released, which can cause withdrawal symptoms, cravings, irritability, anger, all the things, right? Now, the brain cell with varenicline um, blocks the nicotine receptors. So the nicotine doesn't work. So you can smoke your brains out and do the patch and do the thing. It's blocked. The brain cell receptors are blocked from the nicotine. So if you use it to quit smoking, it blocks the nicotine receptors, but it still triggers some of the dopamine release so you don't feel as bad. And if you don't believe that, oh, I can't go a few hours, like you wouldn't be able to sleep if you couldn't go a few hours. If it was that serious of a mm. physical addiction, you wouldn't get through an evening of sleep. And last but not least, there are some antidepressants that can help people quit, like Wellbutrin. So this is a conversation for a psychiatrist. I think cigarettes are like, what, $10 a pack these days? So they're a lot of money, okay? Add up the amount of money you spend on cigarettes over the course of your week, or let's say over the course of your month, and that's an appointment with a psychiatrist to put you on Chantix, which is the drug I'm talking about, Varenicline, whatever it's called, Varenicline, or consider Wellbutrin. Zyban, um, I think, is Wellbutrin. Zyban, Wellbutrin. Okay. Oh, there you go. Exactly. I knew someone on Zyban. You know, it also helps with obesity. There are a lot of similarities here because I study hmm. a lot of that addiction with regard to obesity. And it's one of the things that can help people with that as well. The, the bottom line is, you know, if you still think it's funny, you're in for a real rude awakening. 
because you won't find it funny when they start cutting off part of your face because you have cancer in your jaw. That shit's not going to be funny. Trust me. Or when they carve a hole in your throat because you have cancer of your esophagus and shit's not funny, dude. And I, I get it. You, you know, it's like, oh, and people numb out to these messages and it's like, it never works to scare them. I don't even care anymore. It's disgusting. It's a horrible way to die. You're terrifying your family. It's not funny. And there are solutions out there. Get Grow a pair of balls, okay? And start engaging and quitting, period. You are capable. And if you think you're not, shame on you for selling yourself short. All right, I'm done. God, it was, was just weeks of being pissed about it. So, <laughs> so mad. All right, team. You know, I love Skims underwear because I've mentioned them and have been wearing them for, gosh, a little over a year now. So I finally had to try their bras and Skims has delivered yet again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give. Even the underwire bras I wear all day are so comfortable, I barely even notice I'm wearing them. Whether it's the weightless scoop bra, the fits everybody bra, the plunge bra, that fits everybody t-shirt bra. I always get them in sand. So you never notice them. Super comfortable. Love them. Wear them nonstop all the time. Shop Skims bras at skims.com now. Available in 62 sizes, 38 of 46 each. Plus get free shipping on orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know I sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select my show in the drop-down menu that follows. Your business was going great, but now your team is buried in manual work. If this is you, you should know these three numbers. 37,025, one. 37,000, that's the number of businesses which have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. 25, NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less. Close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. One, because your business is one of a kind. So you get a customized solution for all of your KPIs in one efficient system with one source of truth. Manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. Everything you need to grow all in one place. Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash Jillian. That's netsuite.com slash Jillian to get your own KPI checklist. netsuite.com slash Jillian. Oh my God, the air just turned on. (laughs) It's amazing when you get something fixed. We got to get in the studio. We cannot continue like this. <laughs> this is like this COVID shit is over in that it's time to go back to the studio. There's just Well, it sounds like I'm going to have to move to to uh Jackson uh for that and you know you told me to check out Nashville and I'm totally going to do that. I think you'll like Nashville. I Personally, I've heard Franklin is a good area now. It's a, it it's is. A good... It's very remote. That's where D wanted to live, and I was a ah. little bit like, I, I, it's a little remote for me. But what I think I need, I need a blend. So Miami mm-hmm. Jackson is going to work for me. I, I personally could just be in Miami, but D goes a little. She likes mountains. And it's like a blend. Me I need too. A blend. Yeah, a blend. I gotta have a blend. So I like lakes. I like mountains. Yeah. That's... Well, that's there for you. There's lakes and mountains there. It's it's beautiful. 
from in my, in my personal out. opinion, the Smoky Mountains are there. The, yeah, right there. So yeah, I think you'll like it. All right. Well, onward. Uh, uh, my ear just shut off. Dear God. All right. Hope for the best. In the in the meantime, um, I want to address a genetics conversation. Um, and what I mean by that is, I cannot tell you how many times I'll give people advice about nutrition or diet. And they're like, well, we're all different though. And so let's let's really look at the we are all different conversation, okay? Without having to go to a Harvard geneticist, um, which we do actually have coming on the show. <laughs> never, it's not always. necessary for this conversation. So first of all, having just come back from Africa, um, one of the things that I find so overwhelmingly obvious about Africa um, is how different the Africans look. It's such a massive continent. It's like three times the size of North America, right? Um, and so what we tend to pick up as we are all different, usually like physical external features, because that is most often a um, an adaptation to the environment, okay? So your skin color, the shape of your eyes, um, you will find people in Peru that have like more capillaries because the altitude, they're better at, at taking, you know, uh, more oxygen efficient. Um, but so let me, okay, I took some notes for you guys. So the first thing, all right, are you ready? Most of the differences that you see and from you and another person are literally nothing with regard to your overall DNA. So we have 6 billion base pairs per cell of DNA, okay? One in a thousand of 6 billion base pairs will have a variant of you to me or you to LeBron James or LeBron James to my gardener. Like, you know, it, it's, it's, it's nothing. It, we are 98% the same as apes. We are 90%, we share 90, roughly 90% of our DNA with mice, dogs, cattle, and elephants. 90, okay? So, <laughs> I mean, like literally chimpanzees are 98 to 99% genetically identical to us. Identical. So when you think about us, we're pretty much 99.9% .9 the same. Even though what you're picking up is like, well, he's tall, she's short, well, he's black, or she's yellow. Like it, it's it's actually so small. Um, now, what is happening? Okay, so what's producing this variability between individual organisms? Okay, what's making this evolutionary change possible? It's actually an error in the DNA copying process. That's what's happening. And then Natural selection is like, well, this is a more effective variation. Perfect. So for example, people with more melanin survived better by the equator, which is why they're fucking black. And then as you go north, you'll notice they get whiter as we go north. Why? Less sun. What is making a black person's skin black? Melanin. What is it doing? It is protecting them. It is a natural sunscreen. However, if you go north where there's no sun, you need the ability to take in more sun to make vitamin D. 
So that's why you send a white person to Zanzibar and they're going to burn in 15 minutes. And the Africans laugh their ass off because they just told you to stay out of the sun. So, you know, you, it's, it's environmental is going to have the biggest impact. And of course, if you are evolving in an environment that you know, your, your food supply has more dairy, like the Mediterranean, for example, has fermented yogurts and all this stuff, you will probably maintain the enzyme genetically to break down lactose. But if you're in an environment with, without dairy, you will lose that enzyme to break down lactose and likely become more lactose intolerant. But the differences are not that dramatic. Now we do see it with things like diseases, for example, Jewish people are gonna be more prone to Tay-Sachs disease. Africans are more malarial resistant than non-Africans. You'll, you'll see certain things like that. And you know, you've got epigenetics and environment. These are the two things that play the biggest factor. So environment, you've got climate and you've got food supply. All right. That's going to change a person's height, skin color, physical features. It's going to impact their ability to better uh, uh, process, digest, absorb certain foods, be it dairy or not, right? And this is why people of color are more prone to things like diabetes because Europeans have been eating these processed grains and higher amounts of food for a longer period of time. Do they still get it? Yes, they do still get diabetes. But people of color get it more quickly. In particular, Native Americans are very, very prone to diabetes, getting diabetes very quickly because that shit is just, just never, they didn't evolve over thousands of years on those kinds of foods. Um, your epigenetic, epigenetics, um, I'm going to give you a perfect example of what this means. Long story short, this is a factor of your genetics that you pass on to your kids that is malleable. So the great potato famine of, I don't even remember, 1900. I don't remember when that was. I wrote about this in um, the six keys. Long story short, there's a potato plague. It kills all the potatoes in Ireland, right? And people are starving. It changes their epigenome. So they're offspring has a slower metabolism. Why? Because their parents, their grandparents, their ancestors had less food. So they became more energy efficient. Now it probably pisses them off because they're like, oh, I can't eat as much as so-and-so without gaining weight. Yes, that is all very real, 100% true. But while you may have a metabolism that isn't as quick as somebody else, if that person eats more calories than they're burning and you eat more calories than you're burning, it will be stored as fat in both bodies, period. Okay, I'm bringing this up for a reason because what I'm trying to teach you guys is that while you see so many differences, what's good for the goose in large part is good for the gander. And there are with the exception of, okay, things like sickle cell anemia, Tay-Sachs, you know, better tolerance to malaria. Yes, doctors are working on that. And the good news is that in the near future, biologists are going to be able to tell us much more than what we currently know about genetics and environmental causes of human differences. And they're going to be able to say, oh, green tea turns off the breast cancer gene in Cindy. It doesn't turn it off in Jill, but turmeric will turn it off in Jill. Like, that's all great. They're, they're going to be able to really dial down food as a particular type of medicine. And don't forget a third factor that we aren't discussing, 
is your microbiome, right? All those gut microbes that are getting passed on to you, but that you're taking on over the course of your life or you're losing over the course of your life from stress, antibiotics, um, food that lacks fiber, not eating fermented foods. So these will play a role in how you digest your food, how you absorb your food, your hormonal response to food. But the facts remain the facts, okay? And these are the facts, guys. This is what's universal. Fitness is critical for everyone, period. Some people are gonna have better endurance. Some people are gonna be faster. Some people are going to be stronger. Some people are going to be more flexible. Yeah, that's genetics. It's like, okay, the Bushmen, those guys like are so water efficient. They could survive on very little water. They would walk for miles and miles and miles and miles and miles in the desert, right? Their endurance is insane. That's why these distance runners are usually from Africa. They've adapted to that. They've had genetic variations that have suited the environment and it's become selection you know, of the fittest, right? The, the survival of the fittest, natural selection. However, fitness is still good for everyone. <laughs> you still got to do it. You don't get to say like, oh, she's flexible. I'm not. Everybody's different. It, you still do need to work on your strength, your bone density, your mobility. It may not come naturally to you, but it is still good for everyone. Movement is universally good for everyone. Standing is better than sitting for everyone. It just is. Okay, all three macros. It's like everybody is different. Now, we need all three macros. We need complex carbohydrates. We need some protein. We it, it can even be plant based protein. We need some protein. We need healthy fats. Now, when I'm in Namibia, they're like meat, meat, more meat. All I want is meat, 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 and meat. They're gonna do better on a high protein diet than me. They're not gonna get the blood sugar crash that I'm gonna get eating all meat. They've adapted to stabilize their blood sugar, have a better hormonal response to me than me. Nevertheless, their macronutrient ratio may vary, but it's only going to impact their energy levels. Now, if I, truthfully, if I eat tons and tons and tons and tons of meat, I wouldn't feel as great. And at the end of the day, they still don't need all of that meat, but that's, they're going to tolerate it better. Just the way Europeans are tolerating processed food better than Africans, Africans will tolerate, a high, in Namibia in particular, will tolerate, tolerate more meat than the European. But it's still not great to eat processed food for either party, and it's still not great to eat all meat all the time. Does that make sense? Your ability to tolerate bad things may differ. Your ability to eat more than the next person may differ, but overeating is bad for everybody. Sedentary lifestyle, bad for everybody. Cutting out a macronutrient, bad for for everybody. I'm trying to think of an example of like what the Japanese would eat um, versus what a Native American person would eat. Their version of a complex carbohydrate might be, you know, an heirloom corn, for example. They don't have corn in Japan, but their version of that might be some sort of like wild grain rice. It's still a complex carb. That's my point. It might be a different form of it, they might be eating grass-fed bison off the plains of Montana 200 years ago. But then the Japanese are going to be getting all the seafood and all the sea vegetables, and they're getting their omega-3s and their healthy fats from there. Your sources of macros may be different, but you still need macros. Your sources of micronutrients may be different. 
But if you deprive a person of vitamin C, they will get scurvy, period. Some people can tolerate less than others, but the bottom line is no human being can live without magnesium, zinc, A. They're, they're micronutrients. You might have a better tolerance to a deficiency than another person because it was less prevalent for your ancestors, but like oh, everybody's different. No, you might be able to tolerate alcohol better than the next person, but it still isn't good for us. It's not. Bottom line is if you have a genetic predisposition to alcoholism, your body has a different physiological response to alcohol. Like for me, if I have more than two drinks, I will puke my guts up. The room will spin. Mm -hmm. I'm exhausted. I start to fall apart. I throw up. I hate it. I feel like shit. Fortunately for me, not in my predisposition. So I can, there's no shot I could have become an alcoholic. A person who does have a, a predisposition has a completely different biochemical response and they start to feel up, animated, awake. I can't even imagine mm. it. But alcohol, too much alcohol is still bad for them. Just like it's still bad for me. So when you, when you guys look at like, oh, well, you know, the carnivore diet, we're all different. You're not that different. You're not that different, guys. There's a reason that the blue zone diet spans the globe and everybody has similarities in common, okay? 65% of their diet is complex carbohydrates. They're getting polyunsaturated, monounsaturated fats. Crappy processed foods is bad for everybody. It incorporates a social component. It incorporates a stress management component. It incorporates a more active lifestyle. It's the same. Whether we're in Okinawa or I can't like Oklahoma. Oklahoma, right? <laughs> like the these blue zones span the globe. The similarities for centenarians all the same. The connective tissue remains the same. So we go back to this conversation that you got to look at the data over human opinion. And while you're like, well, how come he can do eggs or he, he's allergic to wheat? Yes, you're, you're going to have that. You're, you're going to have certain microbes another person doesn't have based on your nature and your nurture. You're going to have more enzymes uh, of a person whose genetic ancestors grew up eating lactose than a person whose ancestors didn't. Bottom line is, while you experience these, experience these differences, and they are there, as we discussed, right? There's going to be the environmental factor and the epigenome factor. And as you've got these proteins that mutate, the ones that lend themselves best to your survival in your environment are the ones that thrive. Okay. But don't tell me that you can eat some funky ass diet or you don't need protein, or you don't need carbs, or you don't need fitness, or you don't need this because we're all different. That's not true. We are 99.9% like the same, literally. And these factors just allow better tolerance to certain things. But what is good for humans remains good for humans. Clean, healthy food, not overeating, fitness, athleticism, sleep, stress management, common sense eating with a diet that has a complete amount of micronutrients, vitamins, and minerals, and at least some, you can vary your macros, but at least some carbs, some fat, and some protein, and that's it. All right, I'm, I'm done. I'm ready to move on. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and 
producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Okay, for the questions this week, we have, what's the difference between metabolic training versus strength training? Um, it's in the title. Uh, and what that means is, I know it's, I know that sounds obvious. I don't mean to sound like a jerk. Metabolic training is when you train to boost your metabolism or burn more calories and release more human growth hormone. So it's going to be techniques that incorporate resistance training and HIIT training, circuit training done back to back, exercises that utilize um multiple muscle groups simultaneously. So let me give you a perfect example. Strength training is I'm training for strength, right? So, okay. Let's say that I want to do, uh, I want to build strength in my quads. So I'm going to do lunge, forward lunges, alternating forward lunges. Well, I'm going to load up that, that I'm going to, put a lot of weight on there and I'm going to do as much as I can with good form. And I'm going to try to build strength and I'm going to rest and I'm going to do it again. And I'm going to do, you can, by the way, build strength, um, by doing high volume, the key is fatigue, but you also want to be lifting heavier weights and you're training for strength, right? So you're going to rest between sets and then you're going to hit it again. Whereas if I'm training to burn calories, you'll notice in all my workouts, I'm like, okay, we're going to do a lunge to a press, a lunge with a bicep curl, a lunge with a lateral raise. And then from there, we're going to do a hit interval. We're going to jump rope for a minute. And then from there, we're going to drop down to the ground and we're going to switch down. And we're going to focus on upper body. And we're going to shunt blood back and forth between the upper body and the lower body to keep the heart rate up. And why? Because I'm trying to burn calories. That's my focus. How do I burn calories? I'm driving blood to the upper body, to the lower body. So it's elevating heart rate to burn more calories and then I'm doing lower body, but I'm not resting. I'm going back to upper body so that I keep moving and I keep burning calories during the time frame. And then I'm going to do exercises that are combo moves like the squat to the press or, you know, and then I'm going to work the hand intervals in. Why? Burn calories, burn calories, burn calories, burn calories, burn calories, right? Energy efficient. Boom, 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 boom. Overall fitness. Yay. Strength is totally different. It's like slower, heavier more rest, right? I'm going to do legs. I'm going to rest. I'm going to do legs. And I don't need necessarily, I don't have to incorporate the head intervals in there. I'm building strength. So for me personally, I don't have a lot of pure strength days. Um, because I, I, I like metabolic training. I get my strength work in that way. I'm not looking to grow in size. I appreciate women that have those like really like thick thighs and I totally get it, but I'm too short for that vibe. And I will get like that as much as people are like, Oh, you can't put on too much muscle as a woman. And I've said that I will get, I look too stumpy. I it's not, it doesn't look good on me. So like I can do pushups. I can do pull-ups. I can do lunges. I can do squats. I, I'm not looking for that. Like thick. I'm not tall enough for it. I'm not I'm five foot two and change. I'm a tiny little human. The, the first thing people say to me is, God damn, I thought you'd be bigger. It, it, I'm very, <laughs> yeah. very, very, very small. Other than my feet that are like a gorilla, I am very small. So, you know, the, the, the bottom line is that is the difference. Metabolic training is burn fat, 
boost HGH, burn calories. Strength is be stronger. I want to be stronger, lift heavier, have more strength. I want to focus on that modality of fitness. Okay. Um, yeah. How to not shame your family for their bad habits and lifestyle, but actually help them. Help. This is so hard. I mean, here's the problem. I'll give you an example. If somebody wants to change, then you're in business. How can I help you? Okay. And they'll tell you, like, do it with me. Don't confront me about it. Don't keep the bad food in the house. Don't eat the bad food in front of me. Take the food away from me when I'm done eating. That is a person that wants to change. A person that doesn't want to change does not want to hear it. And then you're just going to get annoyed and you're just going to get frustrated. And then you're just going to get abusive. And I've been guilty of it. So don't feel bad. Um, And I'll be honest. I mean, people will think I am crazy because if you looked at Lou, she looks like a brick shit house because she's like five foot seven and she's really muscular. But that kid has got it. She's got a food problem. She does. She's got a food problem just like I did. And I didn't get a hold of it at 12 years old. And she's got a problem with food. I mean, she will literally go to the vending machines at school and find a way. I've taken her money. I, it's like I've tried to let her do it. I've tried to stop her from doing it and buy Doritos and have her friends buy her sodas. And nothing I say to this child stops her. Nothing. Not leading by example not trying to incentivize her positively, not having a serious conversation with her about it. Nothing works. Nothing works. And I realize that it's like, she's not going to change until she decides she wants to, which by the way, if she wasn't my kid, that's why I'm like, I don't care. People are like, oh, what do you think when you see somebody at the grocery store? I'm like, I don't look at their cart. I couldn't care less what they're doing. I don't look at what people are eating next to me. I don't care. If you come to me for help, I'm going to help you. I always say I'm like a vampire. Like, I'm not going to bite you unless you invite me in. I don't care what you do. You know, I love what I do. If somebody wants help, I'm happy to help. You know, the smoking pisses me off because you're poisoning me. I don't want to be poisoned and I don't think it's funny. Um, But I realize that things that work for me in life, right, are hard work. I, I work hard and I do my homework. So I have the information So I make educated decisions. So I'm a really nice person until I think you're lazy Mm. or you're stupid because those two qualities have kept me alive as a college dropout, as a shitty student, as an overweight kid. Those two things allowed me to transcend all of it. So when I try to impose that, right, my values on Lou, it's because for me, I feel anxious. I'm like, she's got to have this quality. So she's not going to be okay. She's got to work hard. She's got to know this. She's got to take care of herself or it's not going to be okay. And my shrink is like, you're trying to narcissistically dominate her. Mm-hmm. Even though your intentions are good. You know, in the past where it's like, you are trying to be like, no, do it my way. Don't do it this way. Don't, this is the way to do it. Cause you're coming from a place of like your own fear and your own anxiety. Why are you trying to get them to stop smoking? Why are you trying to get them to stop eating? And at the end of the day, you can tell them. I'm worried about you. I love you. This scares me. And that's it. If they don't pick up the ball, if they don't drink the water that you've led them to, there's nothing else you can do. So drop it. And that's what I did with Lou. I was like, I love you. I like, this does worry me for you because I know where this goes, but 
you know, if you ever decide that you, you know, want any help with this, I'm here for you. And until then, I, it's, it's it, Cindy. I can't stop her. And yeah. that's how it goes with your family, period. And it's a tough pill to swallow. But you've got to look at yourself and why you feel the need to, to change them. Because that's the only thing that will change until they are ready to change. All right. I will give you one quick question, and then we will get to the question of the week. The quick one answer question to what is your favorite food for a snack? Oh, I've got a bunch. Um, okay. These days I am doing, it's a hard boiled eggs, but I put like mm. spices on them, like cayenne pepper and things like that. Eggs are really good for you. Um, and if you're vegan, by the way, you realize that you can still eat eggs. Just go to a farmer's market. Like they're not fertilized. Nobody's hurting any chickens. Just keep it in mind. Um, mm. these are great for you. Good source of protein. Uh, I love a piece of fruit and a slice of organic cheese. I'm a big cheese head. Love cheese. Can't tell you it's a health food per se, but I, I, <laughs> I don't really care. I love cheese. I keep it organic. Um, I eat mostly these days for my organs. Like what does my liver want? What does my gut want? What is my, what do my lungs want? So, you know, for my gut health, like I just had a bowl of steel cut oats, with chia seeds, hemp seeds, flax seeds, cocoa nibs, walnuts, um, areona berries. That's another example. Uh, Greek yogurt that's organic with some fruit. So it's like protein, a little bit of fat, a little bit of carbs, always a little protein, little fat, little carbs, always clean. And I'm always feeding something in my body, nutritionally speaking. All right. We have the question of the week and it is from Leslie. Dudzy, what at-home exercises are good for making your butt firm? Okay. All right. Bridges, supermans, weighted lunges, squats, pelvic thrusts, single leg pelvic thrusts. Now, table that and presume that you are not able to do any of that with proper form, which you would think that you are or you can, but I have seen it and most of you have biomechanical imbalances, nothing to be ashamed about, you're not alone, and it tends to make you guys all quad dominant. So you don't have to worry about that as much in things like Superman or Bridges, but you gotta really Google the proper form on that and while I could describe it, can I just tell you to get the fitness app and watch the tutorial? Long story short, um, there is a company that I just uh, invested in called the DB method, and they have the first assisted squat machine. Now you might be thinking, how's an assisted squat machine going to help me with my bum? It's because it's actually not an assisted squat machine, even though it seems like it is, it is a squat variation. So this machine puts you in a slightly different body position to take the pressure off of the knees and off of the lower back out of the quads and into the glutes. So it's called DB method. And it actually, here's the irony. I found it on Instagram by accident and they were promoting it as like dream booty, dream body. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Hurt my back. And I noticed that most people didn't have the basic strength or the biomechanics to do the rehab work. So I contacted them about it as a rehab machine but that is what they originally designed it for. And it has these bands so you can weight yourself and it takes all, all the strain out of the back, the knees, the quads and puts it in the glutes. So check it out. It's called the DB method. That's it. I'm done. I'm done. Hey 
guys, if you're enjoying the show, do us a big favor and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts because it just helps us get the show out there, get heard by more people. We'd really appreciate it. <laughs>